0: Welcome to the Sexual Quantum Leap podcast. Today we have two special guests, not just one. Actually, you know, we have three special guests. I got one sitting right next to me. Get your hands out of my pants. But with saying that, it is going to be a special, naughty, raunchy, fun, and deeply informative episode all about pleasure intimacy, but what happens if your partner has pain in her pussy or she is numb and you're sick of that bullshit advice where it's like, just put more lube or give her a glass of wine? So today, we have two incredible experts and I'm going to tell you who the third person is as well, but the two experts we've got across from me is... Aaron Michael my god this man has just a wealth of knowledge and I'm actually at his house at the moment and he has taught me so much already about sexuality and we did an in-person demo so I want to say thank you so much for that experience and I learned a lot and I've seen how much it's impacted my partner and you've had thousands of experiences with women doing professional work, body work, and not to mention all the other stuff you've done. So, it's just an absolute honor to learn from you and just like I'm blown away with just the conversations we've had. And sitting next to him on his left... is Dr. at Desley, and she feels like she's back with a vengeance this time to let everyone know just the amazing, incredible woman she is. If you don't know who she is, she has been on all basically our exclusive interviews bonuses, about three decades of like looking into sexuality, and she started off at five years old when we had a chat um, on the exclusive podcast, but no, on exclusive episode, but we're not going to get to that. And then on my left over here, I have got the head coach and the COO at SQL, which is the most beautiful incredible Isabella thank you for being here you are so so amazing and thank you for the work you do behind the scenes now let's jump right into this Aaron Saida I feel a little bit intimidated but I'm just excited because these people seriously like People go, where are the people who can teach about sexuality in the depths? I'm like, they're sitting in front of me and I'm in their freaking house. So I'm honored and I'm blessed. So let's jump into it. Aaron, do you want to give a little bit of a backstory just about who you are and how you started? And then we'll pass the mic over to Sayada and then we'll go from there.
1: Well, to go ahead and put it like in just a very, very brief moment, the, I started basically out of need. Um, my former wife, when we got married, literally her pussy went numb, started to have vaginal pain. And then from there, that kind of jumped me into how can this be removed and ended up meeting an amazing midwife ended up then having, I was in Denmark at the time had like 50 or so women come in the next three months to get a session um, with the simple technique that I had learned from this midwife, Susanna Rorsko, fucking amazing woman. And then from there, the technique started to grow. And that technique ended up growing into my own method. And Zeus, the basically came to me, he's like, Aaron, what you're doing is beyond what I showed you. You need to come up with your own name for this methodology. And I quickly realized, wow, okay, well, if this works for removing pain, removing numbness, there's no one that's able to handle this, like... You know then what is it that can be done if we take this same basic knowledge and apply it to penetrative sex and that's then where the suction sex method came up which is the opposite of friction sex which is you know basically one-dimensional it's about being bigger going harder and faster where suction sex you focus on creating suction seal and focusing sensation around creating suction between both parties, which stimulates both genitals 360 around. And it just ends up like taking things to a whole new level. And it's been really fun to go ahead and dive deep into exploring and developing that methodology with uh, Dr. Saida Desale. Mm-hmm. And the men's work ends up coming from my own self, I would had a kidney stone when I was 21. And The first time I masturbated, I was 19, and it was actually from the multi-orgasmic man was how I learned to masturbate. And so when I first then had sex at 21, um, I ended up basically, it was just like kind of lasting for a long time, and I thought that's how sex was. So I talked to a couple of my friends, and they're like, no, it's supposed to be like a few minutes type of thing. I was like, that sounds really weird to me. And actually, it wasn't the kidney stone at 21, I I think it was 24, and had this kidney stone, and all of a sudden, it cut me and I was basically like just getting an erection and then pretty much coming very quickly and the funny thing was is that when we're still saying it was the best sex they'd had I go oh my god the standard like the bar for what good sex is is ridiculously low and developed like a really strong sensitivity in my cock so I could almost I could really see and feel like where women had like pain where women had Uh, Like ability to go into orgasm, but I still felt I was at like this kind of 60% capacity and eventually ended up healing it through a very long process over 18 years, but it helped me to relate to men and being able to teach them how to last longer and bring themselves as well as women to these ecstatic states. Now, you might be thinking, why am I bringing on another sexual educator in a
0: very, very similar space? Because... He's the fucking, the man. And like, I just love what he's doing and how you just practically laid out. And ever since we first met, I was like, dude, I I hear you, I feel you. We're on the same wavelength and there's so many men need this support and help so thank you for the service that you're doing to the world with all the stuff and thank you for putting yourself through these experiences and like not just like going to one little course like the embodiment and how much you've actually learned along the way and just practice and constantly being a student I'm like and when we did that session the other night it's like you were just there and just like no ego man just like here's how you do it take your time relax I'm like thank you So thank you from the bottom of my heart and the work you're doing. It is absolutely phenomenal. Now, Sayida, who are you? you? (laughs) Because this is the first time you're on my public podcast. Apart from I think we released a meditation where a lot of men have self-pleasure to your voice. And I definitely had. And when (laughs) I met you for the first time, I'm like... (laughs) It was was such a great conversation.
2: Yes. Well, I'm Dr. Saida Desilé, and my formal background would be a psychologist with a specialty in psychosexuality. Sounds like a lot of mumbo jumbo but basically it's just a love of the human being, the love of being messy. So we all have a lot of emotions and being sexual and that beautiful combination of the holistic person A lot of my work has focused on women, my own story. Yes, I started teaching at five, but my own healing story started after a near-death experience post a violent rape, and I had to find a way to heal my body and heal my psyche, and so my methodology was birthed out of necessity because I was given two weeks to live, and from that emerged... Uh, the work. And many women were like, I don't know what you're doing, but I want what you have. And so that's how it all started. And then over uh, a long time, I thought, geez, if I'm going to be in the sexual space and leading women, I need to get qualified. Because honestly, there's no standards in this particular space. So I went ahead and got a lot of qualifications. And now with this amazing man, we have co-authored a medical protocol and do a lot of bespoke programs so the work has definitely been evolving
0: yeah and just seeing you and aaron together and the work that you're doing like professionally is just so so powerful like it's just that masculine feminine dynamic and if you see some of their stuff on instagram unless they've shut them down already it's just so powerful to see their presence on camera it's like that presence that intensity but then also how they break down these concepts and it's like here it is we just want you to basically have the best sex of your life and have the most connected sex and everything like that. Is there anything else you want to add, Aaron? Or?
1: I just love that you bring us on here. I think it's awesome. Uh, it's always great as well to see another couple in the space, really not just teaching, but living it out. And yeah, it's just been amazing just to get to know you even more. I think the the thing that that I really like about the work that site and I are getting to dive into is just something really basic. We want to bring art, beauty, and playfulness back to the act of penetration. There's all these Tantra courses, Tao courses, and it's basically all stuff on sex, but the one thing they don't teach you is sex. Like, it's all about talking beforehand, foreplay beforehand, talking after, and these things are great and necessary, but... What about how we actually make love? We have these concepts of what love is, you know, whatever that might be, but then how does that actually get enacted in the bedroom? Because we have a lot of clients that really love their partner, but when it comes to the embodiment of sex, what they've seen is pornography, And so then that's what they end up acting out. And it's not congruent with how they feel. So they feel that they really can't express themselves to a partner. And that's really what we're wanting to do. We want to be able to have communities that have lots of great sex, shared common values, and then from there, have a societal change from the bedroom out.
0: Yeah, you can really see it like inside and outside the bedroom and the soft, silly and savage and just just everything, just all encompassing. What do you think, darling? She just slapped me in the face, which I am so appreciative of. She's like, I'm on the spot. Don't ask me that shit. Like, how can I follow up after Aaron just dropping bombs
1: about what he's going to do in the world and say it. Uh, you can do it. What do you want to say? Just say boo. <laughs> boo.
3: <laughs>
1: <laughs> well, I have a question, is Isabel. I mean, what is it like to be a partner with a man working in this space and to feel that vision? Because... I know what a unique gift it's been for me to be able to have Saida in this creation ship that we're in and yeah I'm just curious to hear what you think.
3: Yeah 100%. Um for me it's I just absolutely believe in the vision and the mission of SQL and I believe in the legacy that Andrew wants to like leave in this world and I'm absolutely like aligned with his values. And that's basically why I'm like, I have to support that man and I have to support that business. And that's basically also why I came became partner and, and um, yeah, part of SQL and why I wanted to support him personally, but also in the business.
0: Yeah. Well, now we can tell the truth. This is what happened. <laughs> She's like... You want to tell the truth?
3: I tested the, pro- the product for a year and then <laughs> I had to become equity partner. <laughs> we, had
0: that, we had that joke. She's like, well, I want to make sure it's good. You know, that was it. So, it's like, we're going to test this thing first. You've said this on live now, so you're in trouble.
3: No, now I'm in trouble. That's okay.
0: <laughs> but that's it. Now, let's get to the content really today and talk about pleasure and talking about I hate how there's in this society where it's like women are not like they might have numbness and they might have pain and they might just not feel anything at all. And I'm sitting across from two people who are highly experiencing this because the the notion out there is just like put more lube on where it's like ridiculous when there's so many men suffering silence with their partners about being like how do they actually have that sex they want and what can they do in that situation i know this is your life's work as well aaron and you as well say it but what is just a high level overview for men to start off with with their partners
1: hit me up with that again
0: what's like what is it like for men to start off with their partners like she might have pain or she might have numbness or something might be going on there how can a man encourage a woman instead of like and so that she can open up and feel more relaxed in the bedroom and feel more pleasure essentially
1: A lot of times, you know, the sex advice and even other sexual teachers, they like to talk about a technique that makes things feel good. But they don't ever really deal with, well, what if, like, stuff doesn't go right? And a big part of it is, I mean, I think it really starts with giving your partner and really letting her know that you want her to be able to say no if that's what she's feeling, for her to speak her truth to you, whether it's, you know, unpleasant or not. I often say that if a woman does not feel comfortable, in fact, any person doesn't feel comfortable that their no is going to be celebrated, then they're never really going to be able to give you their true yes. And so being able to hear that no and really celebrate the person for it and like thank them for it. Because they are helping you become a better lover for them is that first step. And then from there, it's not as big of a jump during a sexual experience for the woman to say, I need you to slow down. I'm feeling a little bit of pain. And then the next step too is when you hear a woman speak her truth or your partner speak their truth, be responsible, meaning able to respond to that. Slow the fuck down. Pause. Pause look in their eyes, check with them, that's going to create trust. And then from that trust, you're going to be able to go into the deepest levels of celebration. And that whole cycle of truth, responsibility, trust, celebration, truth, responsibility, trust, celebration, is what intimacy is built on. Intimacy means in Latin to leave an impression upon intimare. And so you are leaving literally what impression, whether it's good or bad, that impression there creates intimacy and is what we talk about as the embodiment of love because now all of a sudden truth trust responsibility celebration being present they actually have things that you do body to body so they're not just an intellectual concept of roses fireplace and flowers maybe some unicorns and rainbows as well
2: so the beginning you were asking how do we set couples up for success, I'll speak maybe to the female side. And so as a, a woman uh, wanting to receive and say you do have pain and or you don't feel anything, first of all, just having to deal with the shame That comes with that because women are often put in this position where you need to be the sex goddess, you know, scream with multiple orgasms and squirt everywhere and, and perform at a drop of a hat. It it doesn't matter if you have like six kids and you run three corporations and you're doing all this stuff at the drop of a hat, you have to be the sex goddess. That is not cool. So to give women permission to, to feel their bodies, to sense into, well, what do I actually really need right now. And as Aaron was saying, by <clears throat> excuse me, expressing our no, it can soon become a yes if that no is received, right? So learning to say no, no is sexy. There's a lot of work that I do with women around no is sexy, being able to find that boundary, find the truth, say it. And you don't have to say it in a mean way. Your no can just be clean and firm as an honoring of your needs, and then it's really important to also share what would you love because you can't just say no or don't do this or don't do that because it can be very discouraging on the receiving end of that but no but what could be lovely is da, 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 or what i would actually be open to right now is
0: Yeah, thanks for really um, explaining that from the female perspective because 100% like with the men like trying to perform as well, like I have to be this porn star, I have to do this in the bedroom and perform in in this certain way instead of going, hang on a second, the woman's feeling the exact same thing of like, as you just said, like squirting and portable orgasm, look a certain way, like, whoa, if we both relax and calm down and as we're talking today about that leadership of the man like, taking that time, slowing down, breathing deeply, all the beautiful wisdom you're giving on the Dominance podcast when we're talking about that. Thank you so much for doing that. It just changes everything completely.
1: Hell yeah. <laughs> I think one of the things that I love when when we were taking you through through some of these practices was... And I think why you also got it so quickly is because you focused on connecting with your partner. So as opposed to just trying to like find where X marks a spot on a treasure map and then pushing buttons and spinning dials, you did the most important thing. You tuned into your partner's breath. You then connected to her both physically, emotionally, energetically And I don't mean that in some woo-woo way. What I literally mean is that you start to time your breath with them. You start to actually use the tones yourself that you want your partner to use and go into. You lead by example. I mean, and and this is what you're teaching, which is dominance. and, And not in the sense of, oh, I'm dominating a person to do what they don't want. But it's more that I am leading a person into the experience that they actually desire. And you can't do that unless you know what the other person's truth is, what it is that they want, as opposed to, I think, how most Dom's is like, I'll tell you what you want and I'll show you how to do it <laughs> because I'm not really secure enough to hear it <laughs> from you.
3: <laughs> yeah, I agree 100%. And just for, from what you just said about like the experience that we had and how beautifully he was like connecting with me throughout the whole experience that made it so much easier for me to actually release those like painful moments or parts and like to really trust and surrender into it and like that was way more powerful than the moments where we weren't that connected so that was really beautiful.
0: Yeah, what you're talking about there as well, the dominance versus domineering, 100%. It's like those words get, everyone, oh, dominance, he's, he's hes a dominating man. It's like, no, he's just being domineering. It's like dominance is like two people win, domineering is like one person wins, the other person loses. It's just like, I just try and simplify it in my head, you know, and how can we have that experience where it's like leaving women better and wetter and I just love saying that over and over better and wetter it's like I know that's what you're about and just like when we were going through the experience it's like you were just like do this and the tonality and the touch and not getting lost in like do you both want to talk about this but how many times men get lost in like having that perfect technique and trying to get it right then they end up fucking it up because they're so in the head and they're not in the moment with their partner
1: I mean, yeah, like we find that's actually quite frequent. And in one way, I think it's a way to maybe cover up an insecurity because then you can go, well, uh, Dr. Saitis said step one, two, and three, and I did that, so the problem must be you. (laughs) Versus going, how can I become masterful at this, which is tuning into the person and then seeing how step one, two, and three connects to that person in that moment at that time, according to what they need, and and that's what we talk about, like having an art to like penetration and bringing beauty into it, and then if you can make it playful, it just takes a lot of that stress out. And so as opposed to really teaching techniques, we talk about this as a methodology, because what ultimately we want is for people to up their sexual IQ, not just have another 50 techniques to, I mean, you'll hear kind of everyone on their podcast, I got another 100 techniques that I can teach you to do this, as opposed to, well, how can I actually begin to learn how to use my body and my mind to to navigate the situation creatively given the tools that I have. And that's what is sexual IQ or what I to refer to as erotic intelligence.
2: I also wanted to point out that to become masterful in any art, whether it's swords, play or anything. Oh boy. <laughs> you need to practice. You need to actually do the thing. And then you need to get feedback. So you can't be in an echo chamber. So someone who practices alone and never engages their art outwardly to get feedback won't be known as a master of that particular art. So one of the gifts that Aaron actually brought to me uh, was this feedback conversation that we would have after a sexual experience. He would literally (laughs) ask me like, how was it? But he didn't want to know good. That wasn't a satisfying answer for him. He wanted to know details. I got nerdy. He got really nerdy. And at first I'm like, this is so weird. (laughs) Why is he asking me these questions? I just want to relax in the bliss. (laughs) But over time, I really appreciated the conversations around it because we both started to learn and grow and develop uh, exponentially with this particular way of just constructive, like here's what my experience was. In this moment, I felt this. In this moment, I felt that. Oh, did you experience that? You did too. Oh, that was kind of cool. So we don't really do that but that is part of the mastery of being a great lover
0: it's it's so important i love how you brought that to the, um, this conversation because at sqr we call that the sex survey so other guys I'm like here's the sex survey and what you can do at the end of this and it's not you're pulling out your checkbook and you're like taking not notes it's like like this. It's, it's finished and Then she's laying back like i've got some questions for you and you've got your 50 q and a's <laughs> not at all it's just like whoa holy shit, that was amazing. It's like, kind of like, start off like, I really love, like, I really loved how you did that. Like, what did you like? It's just like, building that so then, it's like an informal way of doing it because some, like, to get that feedback. So, Thank you for bringing that up. That was like so phenomenal. But gentlemen, do not bring out your notepad. It's more like just a genuine conversation that should just feel like it flows. And if she is in that state where she's absolutely, I like to call it buckled, just because I'm a bit of my Bogan Aussie, like she's absolutely buckled and she's she's just had a, such an experience. It's like what you can do is just like give her a moment and don't drill her with questions and it shouldn't feel like you're drilling her with questions. Just the conversation and going, hey, wow. <laughs> and like I'd like to do this next time, more of that. So yeah, that's absolutely... Absolutely incredible, Aaron. It just blows my mind. Thousands of freaking women that you've had these experiences with through your practitioner. So that's why I wanted to bring to that table, like, like you've been there. Not just the knowledge, but what was it like? And having those experiences with those women and seeing what their transformation was like, and just being in so many intimate experiences with them. But so not intimate experience, intimate moments that you were facilitating this in their deep healing. Because when I hear this word, and you might be hearing this for the first time, it's, what is it? like? Uh, what's that word? It's like de I thought it was some hippie fucking woo-woo shit. And I was like, this is, but then there's a lot of people doing it wrong. And then the way you were explaining I'm like, oh, this is how to help a woman truly relax in the bedroom, feel more pleasure, and really help with the numbness and everything like that. If you can explain more about that and Seda can chime in with that, that would be
1: phenomenal. I mean, yeah, it's unfortunate. It's one of those words that does get thrown around, frankly, like embodiment or sex coach. Um, but if you ask anybody, like, well, where does that term come from? They're going to draw a blank. The term comes from a guy named Wilhelm Reich in a book called Character Analysis. I think it was like made in, he wrote the book in like 1931, 1932. And he was noticing that when his clients, would or they weren't even his clients i think he was being in he was doing his residency at a psych ward and he noticed that the different uh, patients would have certain postures and those postures were associated with different characters and when you get them to change their posture all of a sudden their mentality their psychosis would change as well and he would use touch techniques as well as words and other things to get them to change that. Um, like, for instance, the a lot of people think about de armoring as just this touch bodywork technique. And it's wrong. Actually, the de armoring term came from character armor. And so it's a character that you adopt to protect yourself in the moment. And that character isn't just, again, a mental concept. It's, you know, for instance, a lot of, we see a lot of girls do this when they first start growing breasts, they're insecure about, getting all that attention. So they start to hold their shoulders forward to like make their chest look smaller. Or, I mean, there's just lots of different things. If you're depressed, you literally, the word depressed means down. Like, so you're going to hold your head down versus having, hold your head up high, son. You know, these type of things get people to change then their persona, their character. And he would do all types of things. I remember there was a story, it's actually pretty funny, about uh, uh, one guy that was... He was seeing snakes, and he swore that the snakes were real, and and they were and and he, they were all over the room. And he would just go on; it didn't matter what you'd said through talk analysis. Eventually, Wilhelm Reich got kicked out by Freud from psychoanalysis because Freud says, "Who are you to go ahead and change? You're just supposed to analyze." And and Wilhelm Reich didn't; he wasn't satisfied with that. And so, this <laughs> he comes in to the room with a whole bunch of real snakes and puts them in there and and the guy's like freaking out and he's like what like they're just the snakes that you've always seen he's like no no he's like well how do you know he's like because those are real and he broke them right there and then he started to bring him back to his state of health so really understanding how dearmoring works is a psychosomatic technique meaning that the psyche as well as the body are one And that's what the word mind actually means. We have this false dichotomy of mind and body. It should be psyche and body. And then when you look at what that means, that's embodiment. So I get a little nerdy on it, but my master's is literally in cognitive semiotics, where we took a whole lot of time going into what embodiment is. And then those implications then go into, well, if you can help, you'll hear people kind of say the popular term, like the issues are in the tissues. Well if you are dealing with a person that's like gone through a lot of talk therapy, they can understand and analyze their own problem, but it hasn't changed the physicality of it because that story is literally written in their body. So when you start to affect the fascia system, which is all the connective tissues in the body, then you'll have tension release, which will then also have different psychological effects. So you are very close to isabel and so to go into that space in a very safe place was okay but my background is working with women that have like severe trauma like like very violent rapes and different things that then is going to bring up all kinds of issues when working this way so one should be definitely trauma informed if you're going to be like a sex coach you also should be trauma informed if you're going to be doing these kind of like dearmoring practices, because stuff comes up that people don't even normally remember, because maybe they've blocked it as well. And so there's a lot of factors to juggle, but you can have really powerful impact. And I think the beauty of it is, is that most people only want sex, like in a very certain way, because they've only had it in a certain way. And so then they're going to say yes or no to sex based off of that. And so now all of a sudden, a couple's like, well, I'm not in the mood. So then I'm not going to go into a sexual space. But if all of a sudden sex truly becomes, this is also just another one of those cliches, a healing art, but meaning that, oh, I'm having period cramps, and when you touch me this way or when you have sex with me that way, it removes it or I have tension in my pelvic floor or, you know what, I had a, a massive shock at work or something like that. Or I'm feeling down, and now sex is something that's used to bring you up because it's not a performative act, but something that's like truly creating sensation, relaxation. You have a transformative art, and that's why I like to call it an art as well, between couples that you can literally let go of anger, you can let go of fear, you can let go of shame, you can let go of boredom, and all of a sudden start to find novelty, starting to find like excitement, start to find relaxation, and start to find, you know, tremendous amounts of pleasure that isn't just kind of, you know, something for show, like ejaculation or whatever, in that moment, but it actually has positive effects on who you are and how you show up in a relationship, whether the giver or the receiver. And this, all of a sudden, sex never becomes boring because it's a dance finding out where your partner's at, where you're at in the moment, and the tremendous amount of change and impact that can happen between a couple is endless. And all of a sudden now, sex becomes playful. It becomes curiosity. It becomes this adventure that you have over a lifetime, and the sex that you have 10 years down the road isn't the same sex that you were having at the beginning because both individuals hopefully are growing and changing and so this idea that sex gets boring and it's only exciting for the first week or you know the honeymoon period or whatever is just a load of bollocks because instead you can really dive deep and develop this beautiful specific dance with your partner and it's not dependent off of well, the only way to get sex better is that, you know, you got to get a penis pump and add 40 inches to your cock. So then now all of a sudden you can have like a really great time, you know, or the woman goes out and gets her, her pussy tightened. But instead it's like work with what you have, learn the intricacies of that dance and be yourself. And when you are yourself and you're confident in that, there's no one else that can compete with that because only you are you. And you're creating a unique experience between the true you and the true partner that you're with just a quick one on
0: that as well dude dropping bombs appreciate it and the part that you said about painless period this is so freaking amazing like you guys are just know this so in depth like women don't you inform me about that both you and say it like women don't need to have these painful periods i was like What, without like antibiotics or like without any like pharmaceuticals? Like No, it can be done through what we're basically talking about now. So if you're listening to this and you're a woman or your partner has painful periods or that she's just like having numbness or soreness or anything, please reach out. You don't have to fucking suffer. And say it, I'd love to hear from you. You're just looking at me with this intense, beautiful (laughs) stare. No, Glare. (laughs) (laughs) Glaring.
2: <laughs> Not glaring <laughs> it's just, I'm listening I intently I'm listening very intently No she's
0: absolutely amazing She's looking at me with so much love and compassion and kindness Until I say something bullshit And then she just goes shut up
2: Well I want to circle back to your question to Aaron Around his Let's say experience As a therapeutic uh, sex- Sexological Body worker working specifically With pain and numbness because it does come with a lot of uh psychological pieces and I want Aaron to speak more on what he learned specifically but I just kind of want to address the journey that for from a, a female side that's really important one you just named that women believe somehow that periods are just painful and you just put up with it and some of our clients have been on the f- the first day of their period they take like 20 painkillers you know, And they do this for decades. And after one session, they're pain-free. It is harm to humanity that this information isn't known everywhere. Because this, that suffering actually really deeply affects women. It affects other, how they work. It affects their mental health. It affects how they mother. It affects how they partner. Uh, and it's something that's with them usually from when the period first starts. And so I just want to discuss on a psychological level why that tension is there. And predominantly, women don't feel safe. There's a lot of stuff going on in the world. And even if they have a great life, they're picking up what's going on in their community, and their environment. And so almost everybody, men included, have low-grade pelvic tension. So the ability to uh, understand your own pelvis, understand how to breathe, understand how, that you can actually release that tension yourself is mm-hmm. massive.
0: Would you say it starts like, if we just go back to absolute foundations and fundamentals, like breathing deep into the pelvis, I actually learned that from Tao, like breathing six different ways.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: Or like- if you want Well, to if you think
2: that. about just how the body's designed, so we have interviewed kind of the PhD levels, pelvic pain specialists and had our pelvises examined. And we interviewed them and really wanted to know What's the secret sauce? Like, what's the, the one thing that everyone needs to know about this? And it's the diaphragmic breath. So that doesn't just end where your ribcage ends. It goes all the way down into your pelvic floor. So when you can breathe like a baby, literally expanding in all directions with that in-breath, it is um, helping blood circulation and it helps all the systems work much better digestion, everything works better, but including supporting the body to release psychological tension that's held in the tissue. So that was a really impactful thing to understand from a professional pelvic pain specialist perspective, like, oh, we've been doing that anyways. So it was a really good affirmation, but that is one of the first fundamentals that they will do. And if you look, people tend to be upper chest breathers there's so much tension in the lower chest, in the solar plexus, and then all the way down into the digestive system and then reproductive system that uh, as a global people, we need to learn just how to go back to breathing like babies.
0: I remember that. The baby breathing, that's what Tao said. Like baby breathing. It just clicked. I'm like, yes, breathing all the way deep into the belly. That's a great first step. It's like the little things like this, but why would... These big pharma companies go breathe into your belly when they can give you painkillers or all the mm-hmm. other shit.
2: And the other thing that I learned from Aaron is utilizing the breath this way, but if, as a woman really focusing in the pussy, like, like the breath going very deep into the pussy. Uh, I never had any vaginal or pelvic pain. And then one day I did. I was uh, You can train yourself into sexual dysfunction, by the way. You can do too many Pilates, too much yoga, too much exercise and actually cause yourself sexual dysfunction. So I ended up with severe pain upon penetration for the first time in my life. I mean, it was severe. I was like, couldn't even catch my breath. And so in mentioning that, being reminded to breathe into the area where I was feeling that localized pain started to help dissolve it. And then of course I identified the source and adapted my training so that I wasn't just contracting the muscles the whole time, but, you know, just working with the breath and working with expanding the muscles as well as contracting them.
1: Yeah, it was, it kind of just came to me when I was noticing how most women would go about pleasure. So like I had gone through and seen like some different tantric circles or even when working in sessions, like the typical thing was that a woman would kind of like curl in on herself, squeeze her abs, try and squeeze her pussy as hard as possible, like to choke as much sensation out of her body as possible. And I was just like, that's not helping relieve tension. So what would be the opposite? Well, okay, you rock your butt back, open your chest up, take a deep breath in, push the pelvic floor out, And voice, uh, with resonance in your voice, would be the opposite. And lo and behold, this would start to relieve tension. So these are some of the first things that were coming through as I was just giving sessions away for free because I wanted to learn to be able to help out my ex-wife to be able to relieve pain. And then I noticed, oh, wait, well, what happens if we then go the next step and the next step? And all of a sudden, there became like this very clear, like, methodology that formed which was reversing a lot of the things that as Saida was saying we train ourselves into and by the way what is it that most guys do when they're in front of a computer they're also curled in on their body they're also squeezing away to try and get pleasure beaten with their hand as fast as possible and being silent so literally the same thing that works for women to be able to relieve tension that causes pelvic floor pain are very much the same techniques that work for guys to be able to deal with premature ejaculation, penetration anxiety, performance anxiety, and all the different things, erectile dysfunction, uh, that ends up happening because they put not just their body in a stressful state, but then what ends up happening is that the psyche also goes into a stressful state, and then there's kind of a loop that ends up happening between the two. I've actually got a funny story but it's actually not that
0: funny but it actually encapsulates what we're talking about. So it's like this. I say that example a lot when guys are at the computer. So they're at the computer, they're like tensed over, they're hunched over, they're like tense in the neck, they're tense in the face, they're tense in the chest, they're tense in the stomach, tense in the cock and then they're like, holding it as hard as they freaking can and they're like going that they're going quick as they can and they're like doing this when they're 12 or 13 years old and then like they're going and they they know dinner's in about 10 minutes and then they hear their mum going andrew dinner's ready so they like hear their mum's voice while they're in this tense fucking position like i'm coming like you know like and they're fucking going faster now so it's like the whole body's even tense and then when they do come it's like oh fuck trying to cover it up it's like dinner's ready, and then like, you're like, fuck, and like then like, the whole masturbation cycle is created from this funny but ridiculous situation where men go, fuck, and then you have housemates, and then you're like, I can't make any noise, because if fucking Jeremy hears me in the shower, I'm fucked, so I'd love to hear it from a female perspective, I'm sure it's similar, because I don't have that, and I'm not that way inclined we're not going to go <laughs> the conversation we were talking about the other day but I'd love to hear what was it like as a female growing up from both your perspectives and like your pleasure and what you felt like you could or you
3: couldn't do yeah definitely did feel kind of like yeah a little bit taken aback from like being really liberated um even though we were quite open at home and we were talking quite open at home about things at least with my mom but still like when it came to self-pressure and such it, it was for a long long time something that you shouldn't do that is somehow taboo that you should only do like behind closed doors in a way and so of course you were tensed up and you weren't Really relaxed around that, and you were also not really sharing about that with anyone. And I feel like that causes a lot of the pain um, in the first place. Because I I had severe like pain whenever I got my period. Like the first day, I sometimes had to to take a sick day because I wasn't able to move. I had to lay in bed. I I had like I I was lying like a little baby with a hot uh, bottle on my um, belly because I couldn't just move and. Um, I didn't want to take that many painkillers back in the day, and um, I kind of like evolved or um, or developed some sort of techniques that helped me to release some part of those pain so that I were able to work, but still, I was functioning, so to speak, but not really like feeling great and um after this little session that we had the other day where um Aaron and Sada were um showing us just how to basically get rid of that pain. I was pain free the next day. I felt so much more at peace in my whole body and so much relieved. And um I think I have never ever had such a like blissful, so to speak, period. So that was that was really amazing. And when, when it comes back to self-pleasure and and like how ha- how it was growing up, I don't really feel that um there was like this expansive, liberating kind of feeling around it. It was more like, yeah, as you said, like this clungy, like, I don't know, it, it was just not great. And, and therefore um, you had to explore the, that side of yourself and also those... Um, yeah, your body basically and the connection between your body and your mind later on. And I'm so glad that I had the chance and that I met people where I could talk openly about that and where I could explore more in depth about it so that I'm now here where I am and, and not in that place anymore. Because, yeah. And I wish a lot more women would, would be able to learn about that and also men how they can support. So.
2: Thank you. I think your story is. Very normal. I think that's the normal story for almost every client that I've had. There's a degree of shame. There's a degree of lack of knowledge and a lot of suffering. And as you said, it's nice when also our partners know what to do because they don't like when we're in pain. Mm -hmm. For me, it was a little different. I think I am an anomaly. Um, My parents both were brought up in religious culture in French Canada. And so when they had their children, they're like, "We are not bringing in these religious shame principles around sexuality." So I was brought up, encouraged—not—not—they not had pom poms on and cheered me on or anything.
0: You get it, girl, like you know. The- <laughs> but
2: but just like not discouraged at least, and given boundaries. Like they had to give me boundaries though because I was masturbating everywhere. You know, there'd be like guests showing up for dinner. And I'd just start masturbating in the middle of the living room. They, as you do though. Like. As you do. Uh, or my mom would be, you know, going down the grocery aisle and everyone would be staring. She'd look down and I'd be like, hey. You know, just kind of like masturbating away on, in the front of the shopping cart. So she had to teach me some boundaries and like where to do it, where not to do it, as a, a very, very young child. <laughs> He's pause for a second. I'm trying
0: to catch my breath. <laughs> Most kids are going for the candy and you're going for your candy, you know, like,
2: (laughs) all
0: right, Aaron, you can take the mic.
2: (laughs) So, so essentially, uh, by the time I got my very first period, I'd already had plenty of orgasms and I was 12 by then. Um, with the first period, then ejaculation started naturally. And so I had a very, very express, very complete sex life with myself, I was the only one who remained a virgin almost till the age of 18. All my friends started having sex, very young, not great sex, a um, lot of complications with weird relationships. And But because I had such a satisfying sex life with myself, I didn't have an urgent need. And I certainly did not want to de- date a teenage boy. I was like, no, nope, I'm going to wait for a man. Um, so I had that lucidity because I had that connection. And in the work that I do with Aaron one of the things we do get to do is sometimes get consulted by, like we're working with the Department of Justice in South Africa, and there's a lot of domestic violence, there's a lot of gender-based violence, and one of the things we ended up saying is if we could destigmatize self-pleasure, we would slow down uh, sexual exchange uh, for very young people, because for everyone I know who self-pleasured as a young child were late bloomers when it come to sexual intercourse. They they took more time, and uh, the ones who didn't do that would start very young exploring with other bodies. So we would have we'd be more at choice. We would understand our bodies more. We'd be more familiar with ourselves. So it actually would change the societal pain around uh, relational sexual experience simply by destigmatizing. Uh, being with your own body so I just wanted to share that I think all stories are really um, important and I know that mine is a bit of an anomaly but maybe that's also why I teach how I teach where I'm leading women into what's possible for themselves
1: that's one of the things I love about working with you side is that you are teaching from experience not from a textbook because I find that The textbooks are only written by the people that also don't really know since this isn't, I mean, the whole medical system doesn't really embrace pleasure as, like, a health benefit. Like, maybe you might get a doctor to kind of say that because it sort of makes sense, but how to actually live one's life to bring in more pleasure and specifically sexual pleasure, sex is taught as a reproductive system. and, And so then the perfunctory act is... Starts with a person getting an erection, ends with some ejaculation. Maybe a woman has an orgasm along the way, but that's sort of the extent of it. And even the whole focus on just having an orgasm in of itself, as opposed to this being a self-discovery session or a pleasure session, it it changes things because we, like, I, I love to talk about, masturbation or self-pleasuring as a as one and this is kind of normally for for women i speak about your self-pleasuring can become your playground to discover what are your mental fantasies like i have a lot of women talking about well I might physically respond, but I'm not really mentally aroused. Okay, well, explore your fantasies during that time, as well as discover your body, because this is what creates sexual confidence. So understanding that self-pleasuring is literally a practice in self-confidence all of a sudden will also then change the way that you walk around the world, the way that you speak to men about what it is that you like or don't like, because you actually know and you're not just sort of laying back depending on them to be able to perform everything, which puts a lot of pressure on them, also puts a lot of pressure on yourself maybe just to act. And as South Africa is finding out that sexual dysfunction causes gender-based violence, which causes more sexual dysfunction, causes more gender-based violence, and a lot of the men that are doing the gender-based violence have been abused themselves as little boys by their school teachers or uncles. And so how do we end that? And they said, you know, we need to have better educated people And that was just a general understanding around scholastic education to help women to be able to, like, move up in the workforce, have more financial stability. But if you then apply that to the sexual space, it literally comes down to self-pleasuring is your sexual education. And for a guy, understanding that self-pleasuring is the training grounds for the kind of sex you're going to have, whether you're training yourself well or bad.
0: Yeah, we love to talk as well at this girl. Like, the way you masturbate is the way you fuck. We have like all these one liners that we <laughs> <laughs> love to throw in. And yeah, it's beautiful work that you're doing and jumping into just. You, you, you really are making global impact and you've already done that and such. But then j- diving into the medical field, what did you say before was like when someone's becoming a doctor, they only have one week of training in yeah, sexuality? Yeah, just
2: basic medical trai- training is about four years. And within that four-year period, it's about one week that they cover the sexuality.
0: And what do they – do you know what they cover or –
2: I think it's just basic like reproductive f- – proper reproductive s- functioning, Um They don't even specialize once until they become like a gynecologist where they then learn more special uh, anatomical structures and nerves and and all of that. But in general, it's just basic. Like, is this person menstruating? Are they fertile? Are they able to ejaculate? Uh, Can they get an erection? It's, it's, It's very basic. And there's no psychosexuality at all. So there's no... Uh, refined way of speaking to a patient, because people's sexuality, you cannot separate it from their psyche at all. So if if they're having stress at work or uh, familial stress, it will affect how they function. It will affect their desire. It will affect how intimate they want to be. Um, And their go-to is a physician. They don't go anywhere else. And if that physician is not skilled, they're just going to be assigned a pill, like here's the Viagra or for the woman, like drink more wine, or you know whatever the the brief solution is.
0: What what is it for a woman? Do they have a pill for a woman where it's like yeah they're not getting wet? What what's the usually solution apart lube. from yeah, is, th- Just lube? Yeah, is, is there is there a pill that can help with lubrication? Like? No,
2: they'll sometimes depending on the age um, assign like a prescription for topical estrogen, uh, but that's not great especially for male partners because you're absorbing estrogen through the cock. Um, so, really good doctors, which tend to be more trained, would, would not assign that. They would give more like a DHEA um, topical or suppositories.
0: I have a question that's on topic, but it's a little bit off topic. The way wait for it. It's more about when men are like, going, I'm going to make her come. I'd love to hear your perspective as well, Aaron. And I'd love to hear like the female perspective. Like when a man's like, I'm going to make her come. It's like, you can't make a woman come. What is your advice to the men out there who think they have all the superpowers, but really they're just like, buddy, you don't. But then, also, what is the man's responsibility so then he can allow the experience, so then she can feel more comfortable, so she can come? Oh, it's getting juicy in
3: Yeah, as you said, first and foremost, you can't make anyone do anything. Like, if you're telling me I make you come, then I'm just, yeah, good luck with that. Like. Ain't gonna happen. So what you can do is you can allow me to feel safe. You can allow me to feel um, able to open up and to really like tap into my body and and feel. That allows me to actually feel arousal. To actually feel the the opportunity to. Get into the state of like feeling orgasmic, but you will not make me come at all. So being authentic and and really being in your own body will help me to tap into my body and to be authentic as well, which ultimately will help me to orgasm at the end of the day.
1: And that doesn't mean, men, that you just make yourself come really quickly and hope that she does as well. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks, woman. <for mentioning> <laughs>
2: I often say I really wish we could give each other orgasms because then I would be handing them out left, right, and center.
1: Good Lord, society would change in a jiffy.
2: Right? (laughs) If I could hand a woman a bowl of orgasms, I would be doing that like every day, all day long, just because uh, that experience of pleasure on that level is really healthy um, for the body. But unfortunately, that's not the case. So each individual is the creator or creatrix of their own pleasure And the capacity to orgasm is really on them. It's how much the nervous system can handle the firing signals in the system of pleasure and how open is the body. So earlier we talked about opening that front body, softening that. That's that's really important. There's a lot of nerves that go through the central line that affect orgasm. So it's not just in the pelvis. It goes all the way up through the hypogastric nerve, the vagus nerve. And all of these require that the front body actually opens and softens for orgasm to actually have a possibility of existing.
0: That's amazing. I've got a little funny story actually. I don't know if this is true or not. I don't know where I heard it. I forgot, but it's absolutely hilarious. So what ended up happening there was this cranky old lady who was about 70 years old and like she was just cranky and like the 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 her her parents were just sick of the children were sick of like grandma being cranky so like how can we do this they sent her off to somewhere to see this person's like uh, how can we basically make grandma not so cranky so what they said they go they sent her to this pretend doctor but what this pretend doctor was it's like basically grandma you need at this age you need to make sure that you're washing yourself more thoroughly around this area basically what she would do they'd get the, the shower head to make sure that she put the shower head there so she'd have more pleasure. So she's giving herself orgasms. And after that, apparently in this story, she was way more kind to all the family.
1: so <laughs> Christmas must have been great that year, Grandma. I was just giving out the gifts.
0: <laughs> so she wasn't cranky. I don't know if it was a true story or not, but when I heard it, I was like, that fucking makes sense. if My mom, if you're listening to this, if you're ever cranky, I'm going to send you to a
1: doctor and just tell you to masturbate. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah. So We're we're gonna change the retirement home culture real quick. <laughs> Get the right shower heads in the retirement homes. And hey, that's, they would be happy.
0: That's a good business model. Like the good, like that kind of vibrates a little bit. But it's like grandma, just you got to make sure you clean that area. Like oh, she's cookies are on me this year. You know, like that's it.
1: Well, there is this myth that when you hit a certain age. And it almost seems like after your twenties or whatever, then sex goes downhill, but mm. it's just completely untrue. It's like anything, the more you learn a skill, the more you learn your body, the more pleasure that you're going to end up discovering, the more that you're going to end up finding. And I mean when I when this so to get back to your question on do you make or give a person orgasm? I mean, orgasms happen because Blood flow goes to these erectile tissues that then delivers oxygen, and oxygen helps the nerves fire. So unless you can, like, force a person to have more blood flow to an area, like, how do you do that? Well, the way you do it is that you help the woman become an active receiver. So this is some of the two concepts that we speak about a lot in suction sex. Active receiver, adaptive giver because the standard is is that the person on the receiving side starfishes, you know, like kind uh, of has legs and arms out, doesn't move, doesn't breathe, goes silent. And meanwhile, the person on the giving side sits there and just pumps away madly, harder, faster, bigger, hopefully they have a big king kong penis and then forces the person into orgasm. As opposed to with suction sex you have the woman become an active receiver. And this is like like really practical things. This isn't just another concept. It means having the person on the receiving side go use hip movement, coordinate their hip movement with the breathing so that they're doing that pelvic floor push, which is going to help with engorgement. And then once you have engorgement, then you can incorporate the squeeze and other different forms of breathing which we could go into more. But the other thing is too, as opposed to suppressing the voice, Allowing oneself to voice out is going to then bring in a whole lot more pleasure, a lot more sensation. It activates the vagus nerve. I mean, there's a whole bunch of things that happens that you could get really nerdy why these things work. But so what does it mean then to be sort of quote-unquote a leader or like make a woman come? Oh, it just means like, like breathe with me. Move your hips with me. Get her to be able to say what she likes and doesn't like. And have her become comfortable enough with you not just to verbalize her desires, but to vocalize them. And then that gives a way better, richer amount of information for the person on the giving side to be adaptive. And by adaptive, it means, okay, well, this person here is like breathing slowly. So maybe time your movements to their breath. And then time your breath to their breath. And all of a sudden now you have this rhythm. And then as opposed to just slamming away faster, allow your breath to pick up because they've timed it with you. And then all of a sudden their breath starts to pick up the pace. And all of a sudden now the hips start to move together. But you're doing this in sync and in tune with each other. And all of a sudden you have this entire vocabulary between the two bodies that don't require words. They're always there. But instead all of a sudden if you do use words, it's to play with the psyche and bring all these erotic twists with erotic talk but this is what this is this is the way you quote unquote make a person have an orgasm it's by getting them to be active and then once they reach a certain level of activity then you also will naturally go into a surrendered state you can't just say surrender it's the person moves, and then they open. Then they go into surrender. And then at that point, they may be more still, but it's because they've encouraged you and you've reached that arousal level a level where then like the giver really has listened deeply and then can really help drive the, the person on the receiving side into these deep states of ecstasy. And you know what the cool thing is? All these things about the hip movements, the breath, the voicing, it also helps a guy be able to last longer as well. And then all of a sudden... The greatest pleasure you give to somebody is your own fucking pleasure. And what a great place to be in, as opposed to like having to take turns, which is what most of it's like, oh, okay, let's, I'm gonna slow down so this person can come first and then like go do that. And and maybe the stars will align and we'll both come. You know, what's your astrology sign? But the thing, (laughs) instead, what ends up happening is that you simply just go into higher levels of pleasure. And one's pleasure bounces off to the other and bounces to the other. Each person is creating this synergistic pleasure where all of a sudden, as opposed to having techniques as they're normally described of one body doing something and another body doing another thing, the two literally form a synergy, which is this third.
2: I wanted to add one piece.
0: You may do whatever <laughs> you want.
2: Well, first of all, that really turned me on. So I'm like, mm. yeah. <laughs> I want some of that. That was dope. Uh, I wanted to add that the focus is in the wrong place when we ask that question. So research has now shown that for the brain and the body, what's the most nourishing and the thing that really fuels the body is not the orgasm itself. It's all the phase prior to the orgasm. So the important thing then to recognize is how long can you extend pleasure for and can you actually follow pleasure and can you let yourself experience Sensation of pleasure without making orgasm the goal. Orgasm's like the side effect. It's lovely, but the thing that, too, if you're going to focus on anything, focus on generating first and experiencing pleasure in your own body and then start to tune into it in the other body and then notice the dance of that and then follow that. And if you can do that, lovemaking will get longer and more expansive and far more pleasurable and then as a result usually it's a lot easier to have the orgasmic experience come online
0: saida aaron and isabel are absolutely dropping bombs i just feel like i'm the comedic i'm the comedian in this fucking conversation and just i appreciate you just like both of you all three of you just opening up and really diving and not holding anything back and i really love the abundance of just like like wisdom that you've consistently shared and just how much you really de- deeply want to help humanity. So thank you so much with all that. and. I just wanted to like say like that word, like words are very like the erotic, like I think the erotic expression because sometimes guys get like fixated on this dirty talk. I want to learn the dirty talk lines or like I want to get get a hand job. I want to get a blow job. I'm like, fuck, it sounds like work. I'm like, I don't want to get a blow job. I'm like, let's... And like the erotic expression, it could be like more empowering words or it could be more depending, it could, could be words that are more... Disempowering in the bedroom because you both described it because you wanted, like, that turns you on. But at the same time, it's not coming from that place of it's dirty and it's wrong because it's both of you that turns you on psychologically and you both had that discussion beforehand. So I really appreciate the wording that you've actually very meticulously and articulately broken down and I can just see it and like the psychosexuality which you like you've been talking about for years and how you're bringing that to the medical institution like thank you thank you deeply for the work that you're doing and just I just can't wait to see where you're going to keep going up since you've been starting at five years old oh my god <laughs> I shouldn't even ask you that question like how your masturbation was when you started like hey I was just doing in the shopping aisles I'm like that's something I will, I will never fucking forget <laughs> so <laughs> I appreciate that. So to wrap this up, is there anything else that you want to leave your little mark on humanity just for this part? Because I know there's like a million and one things we can say and then we can get into the best place to find you guys.
2: Have more fun, uh, be more playful, explore, be curious and and really let go of this idea that sex and good sex is assigned to age. One of the things that research has recently shown is actually sex gets better with age, and they had interviewed people all the way into their 80s. So there was a funny part of the research where a couple was interviewed, and they found out, oh, they only have sex once a week, and they're like, yes, darling, we only have sex once a week, but it's for three full days. So (laughs) they plan it out, and they have a lot of fun for 72 hours, and they just go for it. So it's really important to release ageism, to also understand like your body, how it is, its natural shape, its form, its size is designed ultimately to have ecstatic levels of amazing pleasure. So, that is something that is discovered over a lifetime. And as you get older, you, you kind of give less fucks. And that you give actually, more fucks. You, you, you have more <laughs> fucks, but you give less fucks. But you, you can start to let go of what you're supposed to look like. What you're supposed to sound like like what we're supposed to be doing and you actually just get messy and adventurous and have sometimes goofy laughter and there's all kinds of expressions of sexuality not just what we see in porn or a hollywood movie so the erotic spectrum is available for everyone and i just want to encourage people to get more curious
0: yeah just a small add-on for that like if you're going where can i start with my expressions Big thing with the SQL methods, like soft, silly, and savage. Just start there and then play. And then I know, say, it has so much more range than that. But at the same time, start there. Let's go back to the simplicities. Aaron, what's your final words? Better be good, brother. If not, I'm going to cut this out. <laughs>
1: <laughs> there is this myth that there is no such thing as long-term romance. You know, Everyone gets to seven years itch and it goes away. And that's been shown to be wrong. And it's actually quite simple. The recipe for long-term romance, besides keeping the mic closer to one's face, (laughs) is that you have shared hobbies, playfulness, and novel experiences. To me, that's what shared sexual experiences are. So if you can be playful, curious, and adventurous with sex, you're going to find a lot of art in it, you're going to find a lot of beauty. And literally, I mean, what what better hobby and shared experience and novel experience could you have than going deeper and deeper into each other's pleasure? And pleasure is your birthright. And that is something that, like any other skill, is something that you can learn and that you can develop over time. And I guess I just want to finish up by, I know you say that you're the joker and everything else, but you're really also, you're the ringmaster because you have created a platform that makes this information accessible to the masses. And I just wanted to thank both you and Isabel for doing that because you have this vision that you are powerfully bringing into the world and you also have the support and Isabel to go ahead and make those visions actually manifest. And that's just a beautiful, beautiful combination. And I wish that there were more couples that will be influenced by the, the resonance or just the, the kind of, field of your your relational field that you create because it's one thing just to be like a guy doing it or a girl doing it but you two are are actually living it out in your relationship and that has like serious impact for people to go oh that's actually what that looks like that's what embodiment is to see it in living action so check these two out appreciate the kind words and Isabel.
3: Yeah, I'm just really, really grateful to the, to the two of you, like, for what you just said, and um, I feel really humble and inspired to learn more and more and more from just what we heard today. I feel like that was so insightful and so much wisdom around so many different topics and so much depth, and I can't wait to, yeah, serve those men for, from from that are coming to SQL even more in the future and to support you. With your mission and our mission at SQL and yeah, I'm really grateful.
0: It's definitely our mission. That's it. You came along for the ride and I am so grateful that you did. You've you've helped my life and all these men that on the retreats and everything else. And if you're watching this and you feel like you're alone, you're fucked up or you're broken, you are definitely not. Like I brought on Sayada and Aaron because they're the guests for our podcast today. Just because they are here to serve and they can help you, especially with all the stuff we discussed. If your partner is suffering like with period pain, soreness, and like numbness, please reach out. And there's so many other things that they can go into. And yes, we are in similar fields, but I just want to get you in contact. And there's a lot of stuff that I humbly do not know that I'm like say it what do I do? And anytime that I have a woman, I'm like, go to say it. I'm like, like, I don't, I'm like, I don't know. And like same with Aaron. I'm like, dude, what do I do in this situation? I'll send them directly to the source. I'm not one of those guys who are going to hold back. Here's the, the best people I know in the world about topics. I'm like, here they are. Go learn from them because I rather you get the education you truly need instead of just you getting a certain fucking to a certain level and you're not really satisfied. I want you to have the best sex of your life and I truly want you to feel the most just fucking empowered as a man and have the best sex with your woman. I don't have much else but I really want you to Seda has if you're a woman and you're listening to this thank you for the amazing women who listen to us. Oh my God. Now with that being said Seda has What do you have say to tell them? I want to hear from your beautiful, sexy voice that I've (laughs) jerked off to so many times on all your self-audio pleasure. (laughs) She has... By the way, on this, I think it's here. She has a self-audio where you can go listen to and do your self-pleasure. It is phenomenal. And when you do that, you just hear a voice like, Hi... Say and I'm just like, mm, just touching my whole body. I'm like, oh fuck yeah, <laughs> like this is good. And then when I hear a voice in person, I just instantly get a bonus. So it's awkward for everyone, but what's up? <laughs> so saying how do, how do women, if they're watching this, how can they find you? The best point of
2: contact. A good starting point is the Daring Project. Yes. It's a community of women from around the world, and it's a very uplifting community and there we explore everything uh, under the sun with the topics of desire and being more daring, being more sexually sovereign and just seeing what it's like to be a woman in her full embodied sovereign self.
0: For God's sake, gentlemen, get your partner on that. For the price of a parmigiana in Australia or a steak in a beer, that's all it will cost you. 37 fucking dollars to have your partner open up and just be so, so fucking incredible. Thank you. Now, Aaron, where can we get in
1: contact with you? Well, it really depends where you want to start. If you're looking at doing your own self-work, there is an amazing program that Saeed and I have put out, which is the the Summer Sizzle, which is all about women being able to learn how to self-pleasure themselves. For guys, that would be the coming out 21-day challenge. Um, But I think a good place, though, to to go ahead and jump in on things is if you're in a couple is to look up nine naughty nights. There's going to be it's nine quick dates you can have to basically start exploring suction sex and and have a completely different experience around penetration. And it's not by doing anything weird or oming or whatever else you're doing stuff that you guys already do. But you're just going to pay attention to several different nuances. And if you're really wanting them to take a deeper dive and learn about your partner's pleasure without sacrificing your own, then check out Bedroom Masterclass. And there's uh, an extensive course for women learning how to pleasure men while giving themselves tremendous amounts of pleasure. And there's also then a Bedroom Masterclass for guys uh, that's going to help them be able to really pleasure their partner while at the same time um, being able to last longer.
0: I don't know if you created – you definitely didn't create this for me, but I definitely had input. I was like, please create a course for women. Just like go to the foundations. Like how can a woman give great head and like all this other stuff? Dude, if you want your partner – You were
2: definitely an inspiration. Yeah. You're like, Saida, the women need this. Like how can they just learn to get down and like
0: give give a good blowjob? Like guys, do yourself a favor, baby. I got this for us, you know like
1: <laughs>
0: <laughs> <laughs> well, where where can people find you Isabel?
3: <laughs> At SQL.
0: <laughs> the end. Sarah, Aaron, and amazing Tinkerbell. Thank you for being here. Thank you for all the, like, wisdom. You really, like, just gave so, so much. Go check them out. They are phenomenal. That being said, I'm Andrew Meal from Sexual Quantum Leap. We're here to teach you how to be a powerful masculine leader inside and outside the bedroom. It has been an absolute fucking killer of an episode. I'm going to go, what are we going to do? We're going to go dance, Mm -hmm. sing, and just go swim in the ocean and some other stuff. Thank you, thank you, thank you for all the love in the world. Appreciate you guys so much and let's change the world and everyone can have orgasms and let's give those fucking orgasms out. Thank you, Andy. Bye.